and I encourage you because I guarantee you everybody in this room has been offended by somebody or you've offended somebody whether or not you know it. And everybody has a right to be offended or to get offended. Nobody has the right to stay offended. So um, I'll be preaching a message entitled, When Offenses Come. And let me say this, come they will. You can believe it. I don't care how much of a Mr. Nice Guy you are or precious lady you are. I understand all that and I get it. But you're still going to offend somebody and somebody's going to offend you. So that's just that's how it is. It's life. But on the 12th of June, be here for that. We're going to have a great time. And then right out front here near the cross, we're going to baptize converts. Listen, we have seen 200 plus people come in the last 20 months to be part of our fellowship. So let me say this. You say, why so many baptisms? We don't have enough. Amen. Because when somebody identifies and aligns themselves with Jesus Christ and says, no longer do I want to live like that, but I want to strive my best. Not that you're going to be perfect. I hate to bust some of your bubble. But, but you're not going to be perfect. But you're going to be walking in the light as it shines upon your path. And then when you do something that you shouldn't do, the Holy Spirit's going to convict you and you're going to pray about it and get it right. You're going to be living the Christian life. So we are looking forward to baptizing you uh, on the 12th of June. So if you haven't done it yet, there's a sign up. You can do it from the website. You can do it from the Connection Center. Let us know if you're wanting to be baptized. And you say, well, Pastor, I got baptized when I was seven. Okay, how have you lived since then? If you've, um, if you've recently come back to Christ from a life of sin, you ought to be baptized because baptism is a statement about what I'm doing now and not, you know, what I used to do. Let me welcome you to the Margins series. It is an incredible series. On the very first Sunday of the series, two weeks ago, we talked about financial margins. I gave you simply three steps to get out of debt. Number one is to create a real deal budget. Number two is to set up an emergency fund. Number three is to start snowballing the debt. You can do that, and we'll help you. I told you this is a Me Too church. Amen. I'm walking through this with you. In the next 24 months, I believe you can be out of debt completely except your house. I urge you to go to harborwc.com, relive that message, or go to the YouTube channel, type in the Harbor Worship Center, subscribe to our YouTube channel when you see our logo, and you can go look at all of the messages, unless we really bomb one. We don't put it up. So... <clears throat> Hey, neither does those mega churches you watch on TV. You don't think T.D. Jakes put up one he messed up, do you? No, no. None of them going to do that. Anyway, so I just wanted you to know that. Um, so, so we talked about that. And then last week we talked about borders. And I used tithe as the border. And I shared with you that a border is a margin of protection. One of the greatest things you can do in your life is surrender the, the first fruits unto God because if the root is consecrated holy, the whole lump then becomes holy. Are y'all with me? So I urge you to go back and get that. Today, I welcome you as we talk about no margin for error. There are so many of you that live in a world with no margins. You don't have any relational margins you don't have any social margins, social media margins. Are y'all with me? Say amen. You don't have any margins when it comes to driving. Some of y'all are wide open or dead stopped. <clears throat> anyway, so we're going to talk about margins. I want to show you a quick video clip here for just a second. I took uh, back on, uh, I don't know when it was, December, I think, 19th or something like that. I took Austin Campbell and P.J. Smith skydiving right before they went uh, into the service. Skydiving is where 
It's a sport where you have to build in some margins because you cannot blow a whistle and call time out and say, let's get this right. So enjoy a few seconds of this. <laughs> That's me climbing out, doing the film. All right, now, that might have been got some of y'all hair standing on your head and you're a little concerned right now. We're all going to go right after church. No, I'm teasing. So uh, anyway, what I wanted to show you was this. You saw the little altimeter on my hand. It looked like a clock. You saw it on the tandem instructor there as well. We left from 10,000 feet. I don't know if you saw that or not. And in skydiving, once you reach terminal velocity, it takes 10 seconds to get there because it takes 10 seconds to fall the first 1,000 feet and five and a half seconds for every 1,000 thereafter. You with me? Say amen. That's if you're falling belly to earth instead of head down. Head down, it's only about four seconds per 1,000 feet. So nonetheless, uh, you leave from 10,000 feet, and in tandem skydiving right there, we opened the parachute. When you saw him waving off, he was simply saying, I'm about to open the parachute. And so when he pulls, he opened the parachute at 5,500 feet, 5,500 feet, because it takes five or 600 feet for the parachute to open completely. So that puts you about 5,000 feet or 4,900. That gives you plenty of margin to look up and say, oh man, that thing's not rectangular at all. That looks like a triangle. I got to get rid of that one and use the reserve. Now, the problem uh, that occurs in skydiving many times, we have some guys that decide, I don't need to pull that high. Gracious, I can take it on down to 2,000 feet. And you can if everything works out right as it should. But then if you get down to 2,000 feet and you pull and you look up and it's going to take five or six, 700 feet for it to open and now it's all a mess and you're starting to spin around, guess what? You've only got about 1,200 feet left. Are you with me? And uh, if it's a high-speed situation, in other words, the, the parachute's just basically a streamer instead of wide open, you're traveling very fast. And guess what? You're going to meet the ground before you get the reserve out. So what I'm talking about is margin. So by pulling it 5,500 feet, I want to make sure that I've got what I can land with by 3,000 feet. 
There's a 3,500-foot margin there. Me knowing it only takes uh, five to 700 feet for it to open up as it should. It gives me plenty of margin that if I look up and something's not right. I took a guy yesterday. I've since become a tandem instructor. Had the opportunity to take a guy by the name of Clayton. And I said to him, listen, all you need to do is relax and arch. Now, I know that sounds kind of uh, idiotic when we talk about diving out of an airplane. Just relax, bro. Just relax and arch. It's all going to be good. But I simply said this. The bottom line is we're going to open the parachute at 5,500 feet. I'm going to look up and I'll know within two or three seconds if we have to use the reserve or not. You only have to do that about one in a thousand times. Knocking on all kind of wood. I've got about 527 jumps and I've never used my reserve yet. I have put my hand on the handle about three times thinking that it's got to go. Now, having said that, I was above 4,000 feet when that happened. Why? I built in margin to say, I want to have plenty of time to get rid of the bad one and open a good one before I'm too close to the ground. Altitude is insurance. Are you with me? Say amen. Now, I know this is kind of extreme, but I, I, you know, I got a video that I saw on Facebook, and it was a young girl. She was riding one of these crotch rockets, and her deal was always... Give yourself some margin. I thought, man, I'm working a margin series. Let me see what she's saying. I clicked on it, and she said, when I pull up in a line of traffic, let's say that piano is an 18-wheeler in front of me, and, and these microphone stands are, are, are traffic that's back behind me. She's running about 75 or 80, you know. That's about all a crotch rocket will do, right? No, I'm only teasing. Anyway, she's wang, 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 wang. She's heading on down the road, and all of a sudden, there's traffic stopped way up there. And, man, she's down, she's doing, mm so she stops and she pulls over. So she's got clear lane right here. And she just pulled over. She says, I always get right to the side of the car so that if and all of a sudden in the mirror, you saw it. Bam! These people didn't realize they had stopped. Had she not got over and gave herself, given herself some margins, she would have been dead. So that's kind of what margins is about. I took a long time to tell you that, but I promise I'm going to tie this up faster than you think. Here's the deal. Without margins, here's what you got to know. Without margins, you and I are in real trouble. Obviously, in skydiving and motorcycle riding and stuff like that, you got to give yourself some margin. Let me help you, uh, if I may. Uh, in his excellent book called Margin, Restoring Emotional, Physical, Financial, and Time Reserves for the Overloaded Lives, Dr. Richard Swenson describes margin like this. He says, margin is the space between our load and our limit. That's good, ain't it? The space between our load and our limit. It is the amount uh, allowed beyond which is needed. Did you hear me? Think about budgets. It is the amount allowed beyond which is needed. If you need $75 and you set aside $100, you have a margin of $25. Amen? And we need to build some margins into our life relationally. Some of us live on the edge with relations so much, every time you see somebody, you're about ready to fight with them because you don't have no margin built in. Amen? No margin, no self-control. And then some live so tight financially, there, there's no margin. And then there's those who are not protected by borders. That is, margins of protection because they're not tithers. Listen, it is something 
Margin is something that is held in reserve for contingencies and unexpected situations like the reserve. The main parachute is down here. The reserve parachute is up here. It never comes out. Listen, I paid $950 for a reserve parachute. Listen, and I hope I never get to see it. I hope it never has to come out of the bag. However, if I ever have to pull these handles, I want to see that red reserve parachute that I paid $950 for. Y'all with me? Say amen. I want to see it. I'm telling you, I want to see it fast. Amen. So listen, margin is the gap between rest and exhaustion. The space between breathing freely and suffocating. Listen, margin does not just happen to you. You're not going to wake up one day and say, man, I got margins in my life. You know, you're not going to wake up one day and say, well, I told my wife I love her today. I built me a little bit of margin. Amen. Margin don't just, it don't just happen, uh, nor does good habits. You have to make yourself do it. In order for me to keep on task, uh, and it drives Kelly crazy because she would rather fly by the seat of her pants. But um, if I think of something, I'm watching a movie, I'll grab my phone and open G-Task and say, I got to do this tomorrow. I was talking to Brother Ken the other day because we were, you know, when you start building messages, I was in belt doing, you know, my favorite thing, shopping. No, I wasn't shopping. I was there with Kelly shopping. Spending quality time, you know. We bought all kind of stuff. I, man, we get my stuff in 30 minutes. I don't know what we did with the other four hours, but we stayed. I can tell you the name of everything at Belk in Brunswick. Amen. Anyway, nonetheless, but I was building in margins in relations. Y'all with me? Say amen. But I talked to Brother Ken. I said, listen, if you have a message idea, an illustration, or a thought, you better get it somewhere quick to electronic digital media, to a notepad. Why? Because you will think of it again on Sunday evening. After the message has done been preached, after the counseling's over, whatever, you'll think of it again. Listen, margins don't just happen. You've got to plan for them. So we need margins in all areas of our life. We need margins in ministry. As a pastor, I have to do better than I'm doing now with building margins around different departments, building margins around my own time, building margins for training. Are y'all hearing me say amen? And uh, it may not be popular, but it's, uh, it, it's real. We have to build margins for our relationships, margins for our hobbies. Uh, let, me, let me say, how many of y'all Wildcat fans? Come on. I love the Wildcats. I, I, you know, I'm going to be at a lot of their games this year. But I, when Adam was going to school in Carly, and when all of them was there, I, I never missed a football game. Man, I was there. And many, many times we had 30, 40, 50 people from the church. Now, we were winners, and I believe we still are winners. But there were times when people did get the best of us. I remember that. And, uh, you know, we always say, man, we're winning. Give Jeff a new truck. We're losing. Man, take the truck back. No, we <laughs> Y'all forgive me for being human. But, but here's the deal. If, we're, if we were playing somebody like Northside Warner Robins or St. Thomas Aquinas, I mean, we're going to be tough, Lowndes County or something like that, tough competition. Man, going into the fourth quarter, I want to have two possessions up. Y'all with me? And I know, man, coaches, they calm and cool about it. Oh, man, it's 9 to 7. We're good. We're going we're gonna to get a field goal and beat them by one. And, and I'm not thinking like that. I'm thinking let's get some margin. 
You know, uh, let's get some margin. And, and you like, if you're a Braves fan, it, it, whatever your college team is, you don't like to go to the two-minute warning thinking, oh, man, we ain't got no margin. We're going to have to leave this on the leg of our kicker again. Are y'all with me? Y'all been there. It would be a whole lot easier on the team, uh, uh, us fans, if we could have a little bit of margin. Of course, it's easier to say that from here than it is in the weight room every day and out running every day. I get it. Y'all with me? Let me tell you what the Bible says. In Proverbs 21 and 5, it says, Good plan and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Y'all remember that. Hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Hasty shortcuts can slow you down. It can make you feel like the faster I go, the more behind I get. You've heard that? The faster I go, the behinder I get. And then Proverbs 19, 2 says, a person who moves too quickly may go the wrong way. <laughs> You've got to build in margins in your life. You've got to think things through. Jesus said this, and I didn't think to put it in the notes, but I'll tell you now. He said, which man or what man wanting to build a tower don't first sit down and plan out his tower and plan out the resources and the budget and then say, uh, lest, lest if he get there and he's working and gets it half built and realizes, man, I ain't got enough margin. I don't have enough resources. I don't have any margin. And then people walk by and say, look at this fool. He started to build something and don't have enough to complete it. So uh, necessary margins. Listen, if we lived in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to worry about margins. But guess what? We don't live in a perfect world. You don't even live in a perfect household. Amen. I sure don't. Guess where you get your tolerance and your patience from? The margins. I'm going to help you with that. It comes from the margins in your life. Every single one of us needs margins because that is where our character is developed. You see, margin contains the tolerance that we need for each other. Located in the margins are our mistakes. You see, if I made a packing error with that parachute, oh, lo and behold, I've got a line over. It's a twisted, knotted mess. But I'm in the margin, and I realized my mistake in the margin. So boom, boom, that's gone. The new one's open. Hallelujah. We get home, change our clothes, and go back again. Y'all with me? Say amen. You realize in the margins is where you find your mistakes. But if you have no margin, guess what? It's it, man. There, there's no room to find your mistakes. Your mistakes take you out. Listen, located in the margin is your mistakes. You can handle these errors if you have built in some margin. You see, there are those who will run up on somebody and stop about this far from them. Are you all with me? Now try that in the first five minutes after the rain when the oil and transmission fluid has gotten loosened up and you're going to stop. stop. Ah, ah, bam! Hello? Mike, can you come get me? A&A <laughs> &A on the way. Uh, affordable and available, right? <laughs> so, hey! <laughs> anyway, margins are the buffers that we need to make sure we don't run into something. Margin is the, the buffer that we need to make sure we keep true in our life and we don't interfere with something else or hurt something else or kill ourselves or somebody else. You need margins in your relationships. You need margins on your job. In the midst of margins, that's where your character is developed. You know, you ever had that near miss? Man, you say, whoo, whoo. I'll never forget when I first started driving a school bus. It was eons ago. Uh, 
man, about 1997. I, I'm easing on up on this thing, and this car had stopped up there at 95. And I'm, boy, I'm standing on them, and we're sliding. I'm letting off and trying to get another grip. And, man, I come on up there, and I'm like, whoo, and my heart was going pitter-patter, pitter-patter. Whoo, boom, boom, boom. And something told me, man, you ain't got enough buffer. There ain't enough margin. You might better slow it down a little bit and back off. We don't need to be in that big a hurry. Y'all with me? Say amen. So here's what you need to do. Lord, where does time go when you're having fun? Here's what you need to do. Margins are important. You know that because without them, we're in real trouble. If you build in margins, margins where you will find it. That's why it's so important because it, it, it is the area where you can make mistakes safely and live to tell about it. If you have margins. So here's what you got to do about it. You got to build some margins. Listen, here's one of the ways to build a margin. That is develop a great attitude. This has to do with relational margins. You know somebody who has an unalterable attitude is terrible. Don't look around. Just look at me right now to help you. You know, the Bible says, have this attitude in you that is also in Christ Jesus, who although he exists in the form of God, he uh, did not regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. Philippians tells us in chapter 2. Have this attitude that is in Christ Jesus. Have that same attitude in you. Develop a great attitude. Develop a Christ-like attitude. Jesus was so busy, but you don't see him getting flustered with people and saying, shut up and pass out the bread. No, he somehow maintains a good attitude even though his disciples are hard-headed, even though they don't do what he asks them to do first time and they question him and they go on and on with him. He develops a, he's got a great attitude. Jesus said we are to possess our attitude in ourselves just like Christ did. You see, even though our plate may be full, and next week we'll talk about uh, time margins and all that, but listen, there's still margins there. If you've got a bad attitude, it, eat up, it eats the margin up. It takes away the margin. And if your attitude is bad to start with, when you meet up with that person that you don't get along well with anyway, it goes south quick because you have no buffer. Secondly, some of you need to start earlier. Are y'all with me? I'm glad I wasn't looking to see who was here on time and who wasn't, but some of you just need to start earlier. Proverbs 12 and 27 says, The precious possession of a man is diligence. Listen, if I've got to be somewhere at a certain time, I set my clock thinking about, well, you know what? If I get in a traffic jam, that might take 15 or 20 more minutes. My dad always taught me unless I was 15 minutes early, I was late. And I learned to count on that. I, in fact, when we were moving down here 20 years ago, my dad said, I'll meet you at such and such place at such and such time. Let's just pull a time and say it was 2 o'clock. I got there right on 2 o'clock, and I looked, and he wasn't there. And I told my wife, I said, something's wrong with daddy. She said, what do you mean? She said, it's just like 1.59. It's almost 2 o'clock. He's just, nope, he don't run late. I said, something's wrong. Because if something wasn't wrong, he would have been here at 1.45. And that was before cell phones and all that stuff. You know, nobody had no Verizon. We didn't even heard of it. Y'all with me? And so I waited and I waited and I waited and 30 minutes went and 40 minutes went and an hour went and finally showed up. He said, I had a belt break on the car and started overheating. I had to get some help. I knew. Why? Because he had taught me that if I'm not there, something has happened. So listen, uh, let me say this. Start earlier. And then there's fillers and drainers when it comes to margin. There are things that helps fill your margin level up, and then there are things that drain the margin. Just like a bathtub. Amen. You can turn the spigots on or you can pull the plug and drain margin right out of your life. 
Some people do it to you. They say something and all of a sudden they pull the plug on your margin real quick. Margin went right out the window. Amen. And you say something, you better thank God that Jesus saved me. <laughs> and then some of you couldn't even say it that way. You just had to get Jesus to save you again. Or say, Lord, I sure blew it today. I missed. There's fillers and drainers. There, there are things that, that will add to the margin and help us create a buffer. And then there are things that just deplete us. Each of us have an emotional reservoir. It's like a big tank. That emotional reservoir needs to be full. If we're running on empty all the time and our emotions are always low, we're on the, the verge of an emotional breakdown, a marginal breakdown. <clears throat> and it's going to mess us up. What is it? You've got to identify what it is that's draining the tank and what it is that's, that's taking you out. What happens is that sometimes we cannot stop the drain because it's something that we have to deal with. And until we're willing to deal with it, it's almost... Have you ever tried to fill something up that had a hole in it? Yeah. And some of you are trying to fill margin up, but something, there needs to be a repair. Hello? Because you're pouring it in the top and it's leaking out the bottom. Huh? I remember when me and Kelly, we hadn't been married but a little while. I had this nice car, man. It was a 73 Vega. Chevrolet Vega, I know. And, and uh, boy, I mean, it was so nice. I had to reach down through the floorboard to change the gear. Just reach down to the transmission and grab the linkage. Hey, man, I was styling. So, and I know some of y'all that's riding these fat rides ain't been married but three months. Uh, you ought to thank God. Hey, Amen. Now, hey, but let me say this. I didn't know anything on my Vega. I didn't have no air conditioning except for the 260 or for me, 270, you know, two windows down, 70 miles an hour. Uh, I had an automatic heater. That is, I took the towel off of that hole in the floor where I reached through to grab the linkage, take the towel off in the winter, and the heat just boiled up through there from the engine. Are y'all with me? But I went to my grandmother's one day, and it was me and Kelly and my brother-in-law and my sister. And we, we both young, married, got married within three or four months of each other. We're headed to my grandmother's house, and that Vega might have had a 10 gallon tank, 12 gallon tank. I don't know if so you could fill it up for like $4 back then. I don't know, but maybe $10. And so we get, man, we ain't gone 50 miles, and it's on a quarter of a tank. I said, My man, Perry, what in the world? He said, He's mighty thing using gas, something serious. I said, Yeah, I can't smell gas. So, uh, you know, we stopped, and I filled it up again. Rode on. I wasn't a mechanic then that I turned out to be later in life. Anyway, I'm driving on, and, man, I'm smelling gas profusely. And I look, man, and we, we filled up, I don't know, 30 minutes ago, and I look, and I'm back down to a quarter tank. I said, my God. So I got out, and I popped the hood, and, man, there's fuel going everywhere. It's amazing we didn't look like a spaceship, man, because, uh, you know, heat and fire and fuel, all that stuff, man, it's, it's a deadly mix. Are you hearing me say amen? What I'm simply saying was, by the time I'm pouring it out into the tank, I'm using the fuel pump to pump it over the manifold and back down on the ground, and I had to repair it before I could do anything else. And some of you, likewise, whatever it is that's drained the margin in your life, you're coming to church, man, you're trying to pour margin to it, but it goes out the bottom like a hole in a five-gallon bucket until you fix the hole in the five-gallon bucket. You'll never have margins. Wow. So, what I need you to do, I need you to build some margins. Here's the deal. I want to encourage you to build some margins. It's a crucial aspect of living. It's where your character's built. Margins where you can make a mistake and live to tell about it. I, that, that's a great takeaway. See, we're talking about 
margins making room for what really matters. What really matters is this buffer zone so that if I spin out of control, I've got room that I'm not hitting the woods or hitting the ditch or flipping or hitting another vehicle. Y'all with me? I remember when it snowed when I was in Valdosta back in like 86, 87. I don't know, it snowed three or four inches, just enough to cover the ground. And it made our church parking lot a nice ice skating rink for a car. And I remember I had to pull in and check on some t-shirts or some jackets, see if they got them. And I scared my wife to death because, man, I just turned that little escort around and spun around a few times. <laughs> I had plenty of margin. I had a whole lot of buffer. There was no light poles in our parking lot. There was just nothing but ice. So I didn't have to worry, anything, worry about anything except getting hit by Kelly, saying, would you stop this? So I had margin. If you don't have margins, you might hit the building. You might hit a car. You might turn. There's so many things could happen. So character is built in the margin. Where do we harvest our fruit from? The fruit comes from the margins. We have no margin. We'll have a fruitless life. Take the time to build a great attitude. Build it into your life. Start earlier. Fill the tank with what matters. Take some moments. Take some time. Some of you never rest. Never. It's one day to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. One job to the next, to the next, to the next. You've got to have margin. Here's the benefit of it. I'll guarantee if you'll build margins, you'll start to see character change. You'll start to see fruitfulness. You'll start to see things that don't bother you quite as much. You used to be on edge all the time. Your little kids just... You're just a mean ogre to them because every time they ask you something, you snap at them because everybody else has got you so wound tight. No margin. I felt that one bounce around the room a little bit. Here's the benefit of margin. It's about living life to the full. The life that Jesus promised you could have. The abundant life. If we live life with margin, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be free of problems. But it can give us the rich reward of the margin. What is that? It can give us peace. It can give us the ability to nurture our relationship with God where we can just fellowship with Him without saying, oh God, please save me from this mess I'm in. We have a fellowship and a relationship with Him, with ourselves, with our spouse, with our children and friends. Spare energy to be really present for those that God happens to put in my path. Spare time and energy to handle. Some of you got time, you just don't have energy no more. Spare time and energy to handle the inevitable issues that will come up and sometimes become a crisis. Spare money to be generous if you had a margin with your finances. You could do that. Less anxiety. Some of you live on the edge of your mind the whole time. If just one more thing happens, I I'm going to blow a gasket. Again, look straight ahead because you know people in this room that's about to blow a gasket. They're about to pop a cork every time you see them. They have no margins. If you have margin, it'll give you, listen, if, you, if your job requires creativity, it'll give you that mental space for creativity. It'll be less stuff to, to keep and to clean and to organize and to store and all that. It'll be more time to reflect on what really matters. And what really, really matters is your relationship with Him. I, I know job is important. I know church is important. I know all of that is important. But if all of that is done at the expense of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you've got your priorities out of line. Would you stand with me today? 
I just want to ask you this. Is there anybody in the house who say, Pastor, I believe I could use more margin in my life. Just by an uplifted hand, I believe I could use more margin. You know, I guarantee if you were skydiving with me today, you'd say, and I said to you, you know, I think, Vanetta, I'm going to pull this thing about 2,000 feet. You said, no, 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 Pastor, please. I'm scared to go anyway, but let's pull a little higher so we have some margin. I believe everybody would say that. And then just relate it to whatever it is. It don't have to be jumping out of a plane, but whatever it is in your life, you need margin for. Some of you need margin to deal with that worker that you've been trying to deal with for weeks and weeks, and now you've got to have a meeting tomorrow. Lord, have mercy. You better get your tank full of margin so that you can deal with it. Maybe you've got to go to counseling tomorrow because of an issue in your you know, your marriage or your whatever it is. You need some margin. Let me say this. God help those who has no margin for error. Because if you're running up to this cliff right here and you don't have no margin, guess what? If there's no margin, you're off the edge. And it's too late. There's, no, there's nothing you can do. So I want you to bow with me in prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Many people raised their hand and said, Pastor, I need margin in my life for what really matters. The devil has sold some of them a bill of goods saying this really matters and that really matters and that really don't matter. Help them to build margins in their life. So many people are building margin for everything else. But you're challenging us to build margins for what really matters in life. So God, those who raise their hand, would you help them as they commit to building margins in their life?